Wake up, world. You're now tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I'm your host, Devon Pouncey. I'm here with my guy, Chef Kenny, right now. What's good, Chef Kenny? Man, ain't nothing, man. Living blessed, happy, and it's good 2018, man. Indeed. Happy New Year to you, my brother. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Indeed, indeed. So we got a lot to talk about here today. Uh, 2018 has definitely started off with a bang when it comes to the intersectionality of sports, politics, and culture. It's really been uh, going down already, which I like it. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I do too. I do too. I, I like when you get all things coming together. Right. I mean, like you want to actually hear somebody in sports talking about politics. You want to hear somebody in politics actually acknowledging the athletes for their opinion or their abilities. You know, you just want to see everything coming into play so it's all universal. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, none of us are one-dimensional people. Exactly. So, all it is, oh, I don't want my politics to be interfering with my sports and the culture and music and everything else. People, I, I feel like you don't have to be an expert to be knowledgeable about something. Exactly, exactly. And, and it's a bad thing because people say the jack of all trades is a master of none. But I feel like if I don't want to be a master anyway, I'd rather just be the jack of all trades. Yeah, hello. I'd rather know talk that talk. than know one thing. You yeah. know what I mean? And a mastermind mentality is knowing when you can know enough and then tap into someone else and their knowledge so you don't have to have access to it directly. You don't have to know it and store it in your brain. You can still reach out to someone and create that wealth of knowledge. Facts, facts, facts. So y'all already see where this podcast is going today. It's getting real. It's going down. But before we get into a little bit more content, I got to give a shout out to Dovetail Coffee. Dovetail Coffee, they sponsor the show. Um, If you put the promo code WAKEUP, Go to dovetailcoffee.com. You put the promo code wake up in and you will get a free delivery sent right to your front door. So be sure to mess with it, man. I, I enjoy Dovetail Coffee. It's, it's my spot. It's my go to. So free delivery. Wake up is the promo code and it'll be right there at your doorstep. And I promise you'll enjoy it. But Chef Kenny, you, you mentioned about living. You mentioned living and you actually in recent news have become known as a lifesaver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, yeah. I've been, I've been yeah. reading and watching the news yeah, and watching the socials and you, yeah. you a lifesaver out here, man. Man, man I, I, I was just put in a position to do something that I felt like was necessary so they call that a lifesaver or a first responder i just feel like if i was in the situation then that's exactly what i would want somebody to do for me man. Uh, okay i respect that but you're you gonna have to dig a little bit deeper here so um just so some of you all know chef kenny is the chef for uh evan turner of the portland trail blazers cj mccullum of the portland trail blazers alshon jeffrey yeah. Um, that's shout out to the Eagles, man. Yeah, yeah, that We're yeah. About you to make this happen. We ball bound, man. We yeah, you've been out there. You've been you've been doing it big out there in Philadelphia, and we gonna get into that too. But for those of you who may, who may not know, uh, as I mentioned, this dude is the chef for Evan Turner, and it's been in recent media lately about a semi truck that went off the road. Yeah, and yeah. it was about a what it was about a twenty feet fall. Yeah, yeah. About a twenty feet fall yeah, and crazy. landed right into Evan Turner's swimming pool. Yeah, yeah. Um dig that, into this man, cause yeah. I, I I need to paint the picture for us. That's All what right, I well, need you to do. Is paint say, the man, picture from a chef's per, uh, chef's perspective. Okay. Well it was breakfast. I was already finishing up. It was one of those weird mornings where when you feel like something is just different about that morning. 
The traffic was light. He asked for an earlier breakfast. He was going to be going in for shoot around earlier than expected. They had a meeting before. So it was just different about that morning. Everything I did, it was flowing casually, but just an easygoing morning. Right. Um, we get breakfast done about 8.30. About 8.45, I'm standing in the kitchen, and I hear a rumble outside that just sounds like a dinosaur is running across the house. Yeah. So I'm staring and just wondering what the, the commotion is, so I run outside, and I try and check on the street and hoping maybe there's a car or something that's an accident, and it's still on street level. I look through the trees where we have these uh, like privacy trees, you know, pretty much to block the problem. Yeah, big time, big yeah, time. And Good living. You know, so <laughs> we look through these trees and you see that there is a really big gap missing. So now I run to the edge and I'm checking it out and I see the tail end of this truck and the wheels are spinning. And just like it was a very crazy situation. So, so you, you go know, out the front door to see if it was some commotion on yeah, the road and yeah, nothing there, really but a big gap, a big old gap. Damn. So you think like you would hear something and it would still be on the street. You would never imagine that it was going to go into the pool. It was going to go over the edge. Right. You just never thought that in a day. So when it happened, it was kind of miraculous to see a truck and that size turned over. And the wheels were still close to the, the top side of the street where we were, but the front of the truck was at the bottom. That's how we knew how big this truck was. Right. So it's like staring at a dump truck sitting upside down almost. Damn. It was just ridiculous. So I, I just immediately ran down. Thank God the guy was accessible. I tried to get his leg out of the wheel, and it wasn't really working. It had him pinned in. So he was um, underneath some water that had pulled on top of the pool tarp. Because you know how it rains in Portland. So right. all of this water is sitting on top of the tarp mixed with the oil that got from the, uh, the, the accident. And now you have so much stuff just pulling in on him. And now I'm just basically trying to hold him to keep him from drowning because he's starting to move and get frantic and I just stayed with him until the paramedics came. Man, that's crazy. So was he con so he was conscious then? Oh yeah, he was very conscious and it's almost it sounds like it's almost a good thing that he landed in a swimming pool because if he would have hit head first on some cement, man, and it might have been a rat. Is he uh Evan has a, a hot tub that was not two feet from him that's built into the pool. Uh-huh. So Ooh. if he would have swerved left any further or didn't make the, as much of a turn, he would have landed directly on the hot tub ah. section. So it was like everything for him was serendipitous. It was the worst case scenario, but the best case scenario because it allowed him to fly out the door or the window, so to speak, or where the door or window was. That's crazy. And yeah, yeah. So I could get to him, you know, without putting myself in any danger. So have you like have you talked to him since then? Like since he's oh, been nah. in recovery, or been nah. in the hospital, he ain't tried to reach out to you or nothing. Because nah, I'd be nah. looking for you, man. Man, where that cat at that saved my life? And uh, I think that dude, uh, he might have mixed emotions. Because the funny thing about it is, when you're doing something like that, you don't think about your candor. You don't think about your mood. And I was doing a lot of yelling. I was doing a lot of, you need to do this, you need to do that. It wasn't a calm directive. So I think that dude is happy to be alive, but he's also like, who is that guy that was doing all that yelling? Man, man? I, I, at the end of the day, yelling, <laughs> all of that goes out the window. You saved my life. I, I, I completely agree. And I'm not saying, saying you certain, did it, yeah. you know, for to be able to brag about it. You yeah. did it because you're yeah. a nice person. You're a cool dude. And yeah, yeah. like you said, if you were in the same situation, you'd want somebody to help you. Exactly. But... 
if I'm the man who crashed the, the semi truck into the swimming pool and somebody came out and saved my life, regardless if they yelled, I I should be able to understand unless there was some brain damage done from the yeah, accident, which exactly. could be true. I don't know what's going on with yeah, you. No, no, no. I don't. I don't think that. There but, if mind, <laughs> <laughs> but if I'm in my right mind, but if I'm in my if I'm in my right mind, yeah. And I know that somebody saved my life. I'm coming for you. I'm looking for you, man. Well, at least, man, say I, something. And I, I'm not trying to bash this dude. Yeah, no, he's I, probably I, still recovering. I'm sure. Exactly, exactly, yeah. dude. He went through a very traumatic experience. Right. And on the tail end of it, it happened and we're in early, you know, of the year 2018. We haven't even reached um, to its full fruition yet. And it happened right before Christmas. Yeah. So the man hasn't even had a full month yeah, to, to recover. Yeah. To position himself, to think about the truck, the incident, what he would have done differently. Yeah. You know, like, so he's doing a lot of processing. And once that happens, then who knows? what's going to come from it but I'm happy that he's alive I'm happy that For he's sure. able to be saved right. and there are going to be people that are going to, to have so much for him in life later on that you know, everything else takes care of itself. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So is that probably now your craziest chef story? Yes, facts, facts. Facts, by long time, shot, huh? Oh, man, by <laughs> long shot. I feel like if I turn 60, 65 and I ever want a beer yeah. in the social media world, I'm pulling out my iPhone 30 probably by that time. And I'm going to say, yo, man, you know I saved a guy's life, right? Yeah. And then I'm going to pull it up on my Apple joint, and then we're going to be fresh. <laughs> you think Apple's still going to be in the game by man, then? Well, they're going to be in the game, but are they going to be the game? Because right now they are the game. They are the game. Yeah. And I feel like um, technology is so, um, how do you say, uh, people have created a monopoly when it comes to certain things in technology. So if they can't go after the internet, they're going to go after the modem. Right. You know what I mean? If I can't control the cellular service, I'm going to control the phone. So Apple knew, you know what? If I can get the music in one spot, if I can get their entertainment in one spot, if I can get all these things easily accessible, then people are going to rock with us. So they've made a mode that just creates for better and easier access. So I think Apple isn't going anywhere. Man, you know I mean? all right. Well, think yeah. deep then, my brother. Yeah, because you know it's like brother. Coke and Pepsi. You know what I mean? Right. Like Coke and Pepsi not going anywhere because they can rival each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Coke needs Pepsi. Pepsi needs Coke. So you're basically saying they're working together. Oh, they're working together. Yeah. Democrats, <laughs> Republicans, you need night and day. Night and yeah. day working together. That's facts. That's Everybody facts. is working together. When it's, when it's two of them, it's one thing to be first, but it's better to be second. So so let's talk about your work a little bit because you did spend some time out there in Philadelphia, yeah, as we mentioned yeah. earlier. You yeah. cooked for Alshon Jeffrey. Um, I would say, I know Alshon, I've, I got the Bleacher Report notification. Alshon ended up getting ex, an extension this yeah. season as well. Yeah, so did. just because I know you personally, no, you know, I'm going to give you the credit for that. Hey, man. I'm going to give you the credit for that. You don't hey, got to brag, but I'll brag for you. I'm going <laughs> to give you the credit for that. Alshon got a contract extension this year because Chef Kenny flew out there and cooked <laughs> for a majority of this season. So therefore, Alshon, shout out to you for balling out there. You balling right now, but... I'm right here with Chef Kenny, the hey, man, man behind the master plan. I, I appreciate that, man. Shout out to Chef Road that's still out there in Philly right now, killing it. He's doing his thing, and I think that 
it's just an energy thing. You know what I'm saying? That was yeah. his first year in Philly, and he was just trying to get a lay of the land. And when you're comfortable with somebody and you start to get back into your mode, then nobody can shake your mode. Right. So I can't take any credit for anything except I'm just giving it to you. myself. You know, like, yeah, I, hear you. I, I really didn't do anything except be the comfort and solace that he needed to go out there every week and do what he needed to do with comfort. Because going from Chicago to Philly was, it was interesting. It was an interesting. What's transition. it like? Like, what's the difference? So you've worked in Portland, yeah, Chicago, yeah, Philly. Mm-hmm. Where else? Is that those the main three? Yeah, those I'm are talking the main about like three. where you where yeah, you where spent I'm the significant really amount of time. Those at are the time. main three. Okay, so those are the main three. What are the differences from a chef's perspective? Because I mean, you're you're going to take away, and you're going to learn some things from each place. Uh, whether it be because you're dealing with a player that comes yeah. from a specific region and yeah. tends to eat certain types of things, or just because you're in the city, you're in Philadelphia, yeah. they like Philly cheesesteaks. Yeah. You're in Portland, they like yeah. whatever voodoo donuts. I mean, yeah. I, you get what I'm saying when oh, I say yeah. I know you're not making voodoo donuts. You you know, but from the perspective yeah, they're, they're of the people that differences in in the cities are. They are like miles apart, you know, figuratively and literally, because when you're in Portland, you have so much more access to locally grown food. Facts. Um, the Portland Trailblazers are the only team in the city. So uh, my chances of doing things and being around things that will help them as well as help myself is way higher. So I love meeting locally grown um, local growers. I love meeting people that are going to do things for the guys that are going to mean it. Yeah. You know, so it's a lot more of a family connection. It's a lot more of a, a local pride. That's what I like about Portland. Chicago is cool because people in Chicago gonna tell you how they feel, regardless of whether you ask them or not. Not yeah. whether you like it or not. I'm gonna <laughs> tell you how I feel and you don't even need to get permission for that from right. somebody in Chicago. They're gonna be like, Man, this is just what the situation is. So you know? pressure was on in Chicago. Oh, pressure is on in Chicago. Yeah. Man, you cannot fail, you cannot lose, you cannot have a a fake answer for something when someone asks you something about the team you need to know do you, you think know? that correlates with the reason why they might win championships out there yes I, I really do man yeah. I, and it's crazy because I spent New Year's Eve um, with Evan and the guys and it was cool and then I went to the uh, United Center I think yeah, it is yep, out there yeah oh man that place the the championship feel it's just oozing in the seats. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you can still feel Michael Jordan's echo in that room. Yeah. You cannot take it out of there. So, the sense of we get it out the cold, we get it in the warmth, we're getting it regardless, that that feeling goes through all of their sports teams. So, you can't get that attitude out of them. And that's one of the things about Evan is being from there. He was raised around that greatness and raised with that toughness that nothing gets to him. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it's not going to be a big deal for him. Right. You know, so uh, Chicago is a very tough city. Um, Philly, it's hard to get around because everything is so historic. So they don't want to mess up a lot of buildings. They don't want to mess right. up a lot of things. So it was a lot of uh, paying for parking and things like that. Because yeah. there's downtown areas. There's historic places. There's things that getting to the store isn't as simple in somewhere like Chicago where they might have a store everywhere because it's more modern. Right. Or like in Portland where you have so many local growers where you can hit a market. Right. You can hit right. a major store. Philly was by far the most difficult place to find really good food in abundance. 
you know, I knew my yeah, one or crazy. two Whole Foods. Yeah, yeah, I knew my Whole Foods that I could go to yeah. on this street or on this street. Or if I'm within 15 minutes of here, I know I'll stop here before heading back home. But in Portland, you can be driving down the street, man, and within five, 10 minutes, yeah. you can find a store. Facts. You know, in Chicago, they have stores because the, the city is so big that they have to supply them with food. Right. So you're going to find stores. And man, it's like eight Heralds in Chicago. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. if they're feeding all of Chicago with Heralds alone, you can imagine how many grocery stores and Whole Foods and things like that they have. So Philly was different in the sense of actual organic food in abundance like with frequency you yeah, know what I mean yeah but everybody's city was was dope yeah that's what's up that's what's up and I, I mean I think that's dope to be able to kind of live all of those different experiences and learn so much from each particular place but mm. you know like I said you, you you're Evan Turner chef you're CJ McCullum chef yeah. and What's the dynamic like? Because you went out there, you cooked for Alshon during football season, had to come right back, and you're kind of doing the back and forth, bouncing around thing, and go cook for basketball players over here. What's that dynamic like, having to feed football players, a professional football player, in comparison to having to feed these basketball guys? Uh, It's a lot more food and a lot more understanding of schedule. With football players, they need a lot more food, but at random times, with NBA guys, they have more of a formal schedule that you can put on paper. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? With football guys, you never know what they're going through. Sometimes they're gone all day. Sometimes they'll get a half day. Sometimes the receivers will have a meeting, and it's just for the receivers. And sometimes they'll go, okay, well, we don't need to talk to you today so you can go home. And they don't know that until getting to the facility. Damn, like that. Yeah, because it's a if we feel good today, go home. You know what I mean? It, it's a football body versus a basketball body. They're going to get shots up. Yeah. If the coach tells me to go home, I'm not going home. I'm going to get these shots up. Nobody's coming into contact with me. Think about a football player yeah. saying, coach tells me to go home. Instead, I'm going to let this guy hit me 50 more times. Yeah, you're no, right. You're right. That. Coach said go home. I'm going I'm gone. I'm gone. <laughs> so the, the, the range of coach said we can go home. I want three burgers right now is a lot higher with somebody as a football guy versus a basketball guy that can tell you, I got shoot around at this time, we're going to meet for this long, I'll be home at this time, and et cetera. So, so, so where did it all start, though? Did it, I mean, did you, like, get educated, or was it kind of a passion thing? Did you educate yourself it's a little in bit a lot of, of ways? And a yeah, of yeah, how did it kind of all start for you to even get to the point to be flying all over the country cooking everybody's food? Well, I, I think that I owe it all, first and foremost, to my cousin Damien. Um, yeah. He put me on in a position when it was a no-brainer. Like, they explained to him that he needed a chef. It was in his third year, and he said, I know a guy. He didn't even think about it. He said, I know a guy. So he introduced me uh, to their trainers and their nutritionists. They expressed what they wanted, how much food they wanted him to have. And since I had already been doing some schooling and I had been classically trained in French cuisine, right. I just took what I knew. And then I had been working for um, group homes for people with mental uh, brain disorders and yep. things like that. So cooking for them, it allowed me to know certain health restrictions and dietary restrictions and then just apply it to the league. Right. So I put my flair with it. The things I know from what my grandmother taught me, a little bit of schooling, a little bit of just everything that's me. And it came out. And then after dirt working with Dame, I ended up working with Allen. And yeah, Allen got traded to Brooklyn. 
Man, shout out to my boy AC. Yeah, AC. That's a, yeah, that's it, my man. dog. That's my dog shout for sure. Out, man. Shout out to Dame too. Shout Dame to Dollar, Dame. Damian Lillard, man, whatever, see, whichever that's, one that's, he choose to be. Exactly. And when he choose to yeah, be it. See, and that's family, man. That, for that sure. right there, that's that that's the number one. He he put me in a position to be where I am. So Facts. I'm forever indebted to him for that because he trusted me when all it took was that it was it was mustard seed faith and and I took the ball and ran with it. So then after AC got traded, um, Evan needed somebody. I got on with Evan. Me and Alshon had already been rocking from the year or so before when he was in Chicago. So I've always been doing this bouncing back and forth during the season. Thank God that the guys have away stretches that work during the football season. Right, right. You know, they'll go away for a week, and during that week. I can prep him for a game. Right. You know? Right. And then um, I also have my brother, Brandon. He's helping me. So when I leave, he can take care of things and man the helm. And I can be in Philly as long as I need to be to make sure things get done. Facts, facts. So that's what's up right there, man. That's what's up, being able to work with so many people. What about McCullum, CJ? What was this like working with him? Hey, man, that is the coolest night in the draw <laughs> right there, boy. I can believe that. Yeah, I can when believe that. you come that. in this house, man, you're going to have music playing. You're going to have a smile waiting for you at the door. Yeah. And it's just a good vibe every time. You know, like, it's it's cool to cook for him. For sure. That's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. So uh, let's dig into a little bit more content because, you know, we, we can sit here and talk about food all day and we'll definitely have you big up, you know, what you got going on, your company, uh, your social media, all that good stuff. We'll definitely get to the point to letting you big that up. But as mentioned, when I first started this episode, uh, it's a lot going on in society right now, man. And one of the main things that's trending at the moment yeah. is um, the coolest kid, the coolest monkey in the jungle. Yeah. H&M, the coolest monkey in the jungle. <laughs> I want to talk monkey. about the coolest monkey in the jungle. Yeah, you, you down for that? I'm down to talk about All the right, we're going to talk about the, the coolest monkey in the jungle then because yes. uh, <laughs> as many of you may know, H&M put out an advertisement with a young black kid and his shirt said the coolest monkey in the jungle. And, uh, you know, I, we all feel some type of way about it. And some people feel different types of ways about it. But it's definitely you got even people as big as LeBron James coming out and speaking out against this. You got The Weeknd and G-Eazy uh, canceling, canceling their, their endorsements, endorsements yeah, you know, with like, H&M. But I kind of want to get what your perspective is on this, because uh, we talked a little bit before the podcast and I thought it was pretty interesting and. Yeah, let's chop game about this, Chef Kenny. So what's your thoughts on the coolest monkey in the jungle? My thoughts on the coolest monkey in the jungle is, is everybody at some point and at some price would have been the coolest monkey in the jungle. Wow. And that's Elaborate. just my honest opinion. My honest opinion on that is because everyone has in their life a particular price that they're willing to pay to humble themselves down. You know what I mean? Right. And you don't know what that price was for them. And a lot of people don't know what that price is in, in general. But that's not for each person to dictate. So since we saw their price in public, it doesn't mean that it's any cheaper or any more expensive than your particular price. You know what I mean? Yeah. People go to work all the time and they put on a fake smile and then right. they'll do certain things for a paycheck that you work for every day. He took one picture and was done with his job. And we're talking about that picture forever. You go to work every day. 
to a job that you hate and let a boss talk to you a particular way, you know it's not fair. I get that. I understand that. But it's almost like to me, like I, I, I definitely do. I've been through it myself. You yeah. know what I mean? I've, I've worked in corporations where, you know, I actually enjoyed my work, but I didn't get treated necessarily the way that I wanted to be treated. But I was making a sacrifice because I was doing what I wanted to do or getting a paycheck or whatever. They, I was getting some kind of gain or benefit from it for my own personal good. But here's my thing. When you see a company or a corporation abuse their authority, that's when I think it becomes like, what do you mean? To me, it seems like it would be common knowledge for a company as big as them to know that you're not going to put a shirt on a kid's back, an African-American or black kid's back that says the coolest monkey in the jungle. I I just think that's from a company standpoint. I, I think that the company understood what they did but they also understood the desensitized nature that we live in now. You know what I mean? They yeah. knew that with this rapid culture, we're going to see it, we're going to be shocked by it, and we're going to move on. You know That's what I fact. Mean? So, like, they saw it, and they rather asked for an apology than permission. they rather have given you the irony and apologized for the irony afterwards than not even told the joke at all. They had a joke in their mind, and it went off. Yeah, it went off. The joke went off, but... It wasn't a good joke. It wasn't a good joke at all. Was, they haven't donated any money in specific. They haven't had to do anything like close down stores. The joke uh, and that off, that and might I mean we 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 can talk about politics and the presidency and we can go deep into that yeah. as far as you know the joke that's happening right now in society. But I still think I'd rather them be called out for it than not than to get away with the joke. And not know that they got away with a joke. But I'd rather them know that that was a bad joke than to just get away with the joke and maybe think that it's okay for them to make that joke again. So then I feel like if we say it, then okay, we say it and we move on it. Let's not say it and then shame them for it, but continue the behavior that's going to basically mimic what they're talking about but but even if you but even if you kind of i think it's going to be the change of behavior is going to be gradual so you you won't get it all back at once so let's say per se somebody's putting on a fake smile yeah going to work putting on a fake smile don't enjoy what it is that they're doing yeah so they're kind of falling into the same category that maybe this kid's parents were because yeah i would guess that or his guardians categorically his guard, speaking exactly. category, his guardian categorically speaking yeah we're in the same realm we're in the That's same realm I, yeah. I get that i understand that yeah. and maybe they're doing it for their advancement of you know you exactly. get a decent paycheck our kids are h&m model right now exactly. we're gonna get paid for it exactly. and then we can do what we want to do with that exactly. paycheck how we want to do it i get the perspective that you're coming from but when you're also a face of something, it's like a it's like a celebrity in a lot of cases. Celebrities, they can celebrities can do what they want, but yeah. in a lot of cases, celebrities won't make the same decisions, and they're limited to certain things or unlimited to certain things than maybe just a regular person in society but you is. Said that he was the face of it. The reason he's the face of it is because social media created a campaign over something that wasn't a global campaign. Mind you, this campaign was not set to come out in America. We weren't supposed to see this. It's a problem, too. All I'm saying is, is that in different countries and different mindsets, there are tons of ads that come out that never see the light of day in American eyes that are viewed racist 
the Dove commercial. With, yeah. Um. Yes. With yeah, the I know what you're talking about. There was um another commercial where they put a black person in a washing machine and they came out white. Well, I mean, we can go on and on about I'm that. I mean, that I'm saying from we the perspective of certain ads were meant to be. Seen I mean, we we can even talk about caricatures. Like yeah. it goes, it goes deep. Yeah, but that course. don't mean you don't call them out if they're wrong for I'm it. I'm not saying don't call them out. I'm not saying that G Easy and the Weekend aren't right. I love what they did, and I'm just saying that as a people in general, we need to we realize sh- that we fall in that same category we in a fall lot of ways. In the same category, and if we're going to pick each other up, it's the same way like the Colin Kaepernick fund. I have yet to hear that there is a real Colin Kaepernick fund for him because he stood up. He's a great athlete. He could do that job a lot better than a lot of other quarterbacks in the league right now. Yeah. But the only reason that he's getting this publicity is because of what he stood for, and he stood for it for me. So if he stood for it for me, then how come I'm not standing on other things for him that create the balance of power that he's looking for? Right. How come I'm not creating the lunch program? I don't have to give him money, but I also have to create the the change that Tupac said. I might not be the thing that changed the world, but I guarantee you I'm going to spark that brain. So, so would let you, Colin Kaepernick spark the brain that creates the movement. So you're saying we're putting too much of a focus on the happening instead of putting the focus on how Facts. to change it Facts. and be the change if, of it. If he's Because one thing I liked, when I saw that the coolest monkey in the jungle came out, yeah. I saw several recreations of the hoodie with King across it. And he had a yeah, crown. A lot of memes and, and all that. So many different images of it. I need you to take that image of when you saw the coolest monkey in the jungle and you turned it into a king, apply that to your son. Apply that to that child that you see is walking around your neighborhood with the hoodie that you think might rob you. Turn him into a king in your eyes. Don't turn this kid that took a picture and made some money off of it into a king because it makes you feel better, but don't do it in reality. I want you to genuinely feel yeah, that yeah, every yeah. coolest monkey in the so, jungle. So it's the social is a media. Kid. It's the social media theory, exactly. basically. That I, I the importance is put too much through social media Facts. rather than reality. Facts. Because I walk around in a hoodie every day. Yeah. Because it's Portland. And I'm comfortable in hoodies. It's cold. It's cold. I'm comfortable in hoodies. We both got one on it, right we now. We got a hoodie and on we're in right the house. now. We're in the house. <laughs> so it's like, bruh, I wear a hoodie every day. I wear sweats every day. And I get people that walk a little further around me. When I'm in a store, I get people that when I smile, they still look at me a particular way. Now, that's not my fault. And it's not theirs either. But if I'm supposed to be the coolest monkey in the jungle. I need to feel like a king at all times and not the coolest monkey in the jungle. I shouldn't see that and say, I identify with that because I don't. I don't identify with the coolest monkey in the jungle. So if the, the world is making me identify with that, that's why it hurts me so much. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm here. You I'm saw listening. a direct reflection of what you already felt and then you got mad about it versus saying, you know what? I don't even know what you're talking about. That's not even me. You put that out there and that's supposed to resonate with somebody or that joke was supposed to affect me. It doesn't affect me because I'm always a king. And if you make every other black child feel like a king, regardless of circumstance, regardless of social media, regardless of arena or setting, 
then that won't affect them and it won't affect you. Yeah, so basically, I get what you're saying. You're just saying put the focus in the right place. Yes. And, put the focus in the right and, place. And empower once you see a problem. Empower. Right. Empower. Don't just let it But let do, it be do you think social media doesn't hold a decent sense of power or do you think that it's kind of diminishing power in a lot of ways because things are happening so rapidly news is so on demand everything's so trendy that it happens it blows up it goes away social media diminishes power because it's just like the stock market if i have 111 dollars and that stock is 111 dollars then i have one stock and now I can talk to you about the one stock I own all day because I have rights to it. I own it technically. Yeah. So I could talk about, oh man, my stock's going up, it's going down. I have created a right to speak on it. With social media, you don't even have to have any money to buy into the stock. You can just go on and you have a right to say whatever you want to say. Yeah. That's not necessarily fair because mentally speaking, financially speaking, you might not have any real stock. In this topic. Yeah. You might not even know anything. But with social media, it allows you to create a platform where everyone is equal. Yeah. The whole world can say the same thing and it all be taken into account. So you have certain people that are saying, if H&M had to meet $31 million, I'd look like Caesar in a Louis Vuitton suit. You know what I'm saying? Like... That's the that, that's where that now, I've seen that, that I've seen a lot of that I've seen a lot of that a lot of people are you know when it comes to be, money but you know the money is talking yeah, and you know I'll be right yeah I've you seen a lot that. of that so I've seen all kind of different memes and now all of those memes are created to be equal because they're on social media now don't let someone actually like it don't let it be clever now it's a stronger mental point just because it's clever now it has nothing to do with it being right. So the fact that you would willing, you are willing to be Caesar for a certain amount of money, that's not cool. Yeah. But the fact that it looks cool is what now makes the idea correct. So you okay. So now social media creates the realm where not only is the stock even, but you don't even need to be intelligent. You just need to be clever. Just, you, you can need just to put be it, catchy. Yeah. So it's it's diminishing the power of a unison thought because the two million people who thought about being Caesar are now okay with being Caesar because you sent the meme out there that said at least somebody feel me. Yeah. If we would have said as a black people don't nobody play this coon game right here. Right. With this Caesar. Yeah. Then it would have never got out. Nobody would have ever had an alternate opinion and then we could have stayed on our king mentality. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Once you create the alternate joke or once you create the room for somebody who doesn't understand the context of it to have space to say something then they're going to create a ripple against the wave that we're going for. All right. I hear what you're saying. I still think, like I said, I, I there are people that abuse social media in a yeah. lot of ways. I yeah. still think it's very important to at least put some of these things to notice because I think it was a point in time where nothing could get said. Yeah. Not anything yeah. could get said. And yeah. I'd much rather be on the side of the fence where everybody got something to say than the side where nobody can say anything. No, no. I, because, want, I want everyone to have something to say. Right. But we need to figure out, like every other culture, our unison thought. Because there are thoughts like racism. Racism, whether we believe it or not, is a unison thought. It might not be shared amongst all white people, but it is definitely shared amongst a set of white people that hold that thought. 
I do not know of any one particular religion, one particular thing that we do, any one thing that is a black unison thought. We all don't even go to the same churches. We got Presbyterian. You got Baptist. <laughs> yeah. You see what I'm saying? So Pentecostal. You got Pentecostal. Apostolic. You, you know, Kojic. We can't. You, yeah, we can't. You see what I'm saying? I hear we you, We can't know. even praise I the same you. God and he the same God. You're right. Right. So, so where where do we create the one? Some people don't like baseball. Some people, Man, we can't figure out if we want sugar, salt, pepper in our grits. But but I think a lot of that has to do with the foundational thing. So when, when you look at it from a foundation, st- at least here in America, yeah. I, you know, it, it goes yeah. deeper than America. Yeah. We I, I understand that aspect. But even at least here in America, I'm not saying that anybody needs to. Like, I'm not trying to give us an excuse, yeah. for lack of a better term. I'm not trying to sit here and give black people an excuse for why we can't do this and why we can't do that. I'd rather push toward a solution as well. Exactly. But if you can acknowledge that there is at least a foundation there, that may be able to help you realize some things in a different way. So I feel like if some of these things don't, there was a point in time where we couldn't acknowledge these things. You're right. Now You're right. we're at a point in time where... We can, we can acknowledge these things. We can, we can laugh about it. We can it laugh about extent. it. Like, you know what I mean? We You're can right. laugh about it. We can cry about You're it. Right. We can we can be educated right. on it. We can be uneducated right. on it. We, uh, we can it's do no every- longer just shock. Right. It's no it's longer n- just watching Rodney King and being shocked Shock. by it. Right. We could actually make a joke like, dang, they did kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, in 2017, like the, yeah. there's a certain level of, I guess, humor. Yeah, because it's not as bad as it used to be. Yeah, and it's humor, and it's also just like it's opportunity (laughs) in a lot of ways. Yes, some people use opportunity, and this is any type of opportunity. Some people use specific opportunities for the wrong reasons. Yeah, some people use specific opportunities for the right reasons. But I like the fact that we have an opportunity. We can figure it out from there. Exactly. But you're dealing with a group of people who are now learning how to handle opportunity that they never had or that was the diminished in some way and yes i can see with opportunity in its infancy you really don't know what to do with it you know what i mean it's like a kid coming from high school going into college their freshman year you mean i don't have to go to class on time if i don't want to yeah Uh, this is my dorm i can live how i want to live and do what i want to do i can see how that freedom can be a little bit scary and it can lead to a lot of misjudgment yeah it can it can, I, I, but I, I'd rather you. I, like I said, I'd rather somebody to misjudge something. Yeah. Even if it's a bunch of people misjudging something, because how else are you gonna learn? Facts. facts. If you don't misjudge a situation, if facts. we don't misjudge something, we won't be able to learn going forward what we might. Twenty years down the line, we might be like, man, we were saying some crazy stuff on social media. Yeah. But we at least learned from saying that See, crazy stuff on you, social media. So it, I don't like to downplay like that, that aspect it, of it either. But you say it like twenty years is a is a, a easy lesson to learn you know what i mean i feel like we've already done our learning and if that's we facts. keep using 20 years or 10 years no I, I, years, I don't i don't think that until unless you have you know a physical or a mental type of an illness i don't think you should ever put yourself in a position or a category to say that we haven't learned or to be able to ever stop learning, whether exactly. it be 20 years, 30 exactly. years, 40 years. Exactly. We're always going to be learning, yeah. but it's it's trial and error. I mean... It's trial and error. But but to play on the opposite side of that spectrum, H&M could say the same thing to you. In our infancy of your opportunity, 
But I disagree with that because I feel like I, I, this, I what it, this is what it is. This is what I, it is. This is what I disagree with on that. I don't think that. And I don't want to. And I don't want to generalize all corporations yeah. into one group. Yeah. But in a lot of ways, in a lot of cases, we know who runs a lot of corporations in America. Uh-huh. We know the foundation of America. Yeah. So when you know the foundation and you know these corporations, for me, it's more of a common sense thing. See, but that's what it's, I mean by this. This corporation is not an American-based corporation. So this right. corporation's mentality and their sense of racism is totally different than the immediate sensitivity of American heightened racism. Our level of racism is different because we have open opportunity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can walk in and meet a racist in a store, and at that particular time, he could do nothing to me except tell me that he's a racist. Now, if he met me in the back alley somewhere, that would be his difference of opinion and action. But here, he can tell me how he feels about me and actively do something about it. Somewhere else, they're already set for racism. They're already set for haves and have-nots. Mm-hmm. We, we, it's clearer. You know what I mean? Yeah. In other countries and other places, the racism was set by things like apartheid. So yeah. you knew. Right. Don't come across this line. Yeah. You had the Berlin Wall. Don't come across this line. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. In America, you don't have the, the physical line of do not cross here. This is not for you. We have an invisible line where we walk into a room and we feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Facts. You know what I mean? That's like facts. that's our line. And we're like whoa, like, wait a minute, I didn't know that I was walking into racism. I wish there was a line that would have told me that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm saying that with certain amounts of it, you have people that aren't American-based. So their mindset sees what you see, but in the infancy of you having an opinion on that, they're like, I forgot you could say something about that. And, 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 And to be completely honest, they probably, you know, I totally forgot that you could be offended by that. No, you're right. You had the, I forgot you're, you had the ability to go on. You're some, absolutely I right. Forgot that, you know that, that most people don't even understand that black Twitter is a real thing. Oh, yeah, I know. So the, yeah. <laughs> there are people that have never been on black Twitter, but it's a revolving thing. It's a thing where when you go to it, it exists in itself. And they're going, how dare you create a separate Twitter from what we already, we already gave you Twitter. Why would you make another one? So they're going, in our infancy of your opportunity, why would you go make another Twitter? You know what I mean? Yeah, I their heads you. are totally boggled by why would you do something else? Why would you take this further than just sweeping it under the rug? Yeah. So, their, so their I get what you're going, saying. Why are I get they what saying. getting upset about this? I get what like, you're saying. Uh, usually, we just laugh about it and we go home. Now, they're standing outside my door. Protesting yeah, and doing, what, yeah, they're, they're taking this, a knee. Exa- now they're taking a knee. knee like, right there goes the neighborhood in their minds. Yeah, and it's not their fault. It's just the infancy. It's how they were programmed. Is what pro- they were programmed the same exactly. way we were programmed. And it's when we challenge the program, yeah. But that's the point. But that. But that's also what I'm getting at. That's why. I like social media in I a lot too. of cases. I know, and I, I know I you do. We, we're active. We're two yeah. active people on social media, so yeah. I get that. But even when we talk about the focus of social media, I like the fact that if that's the place where the challenge is happening right now, yeah, I'm not going to not 
that the for being the place of yeah. the challenge. There's now, no do I agree with you that there are other ways to challenge it that may be more efficient and ways? Yeah. Absolutely. More productive yeah. ways? Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with you from that standpoint. Yeah. But I'm not going to sit here and tell social media they're no good. And you didn't do that. You didn't do that. I, I understood where, you're, where you came from. Yeah. But I'm not going to sit here and say social media is a joke. And in some ways, it's becoming one. There's no, there's no denying that. In yeah. some ways, it's becoming one. But I'd rather people be active and, like I said, trial and error, learn by doing it by social media because that's the trendy thing to do rather than not do anything See, and be but, caught up in that infant stage. You got to grow. But the thing about it is, is that with social media now, it's algorithm-based. So the only people that are seeing the Black Lives Matter movement are people who think black lives matter. So the social media that you're talking about would be like a universe where everything flowed equally. It doesn't flow equally. No, no. There are I, yeah. certain people who, when they don't want to see a certain piece of content, it does not flow to them. Absolutely. So their brains can stay in the infancy stage in social media because they will never be exposed to it based you, on You know why I disagree with that, though? You know why I disagree with that? Because the same reason why this podcast is what it is. The intersectionality, I feel like that starts to make things one dimensional again. But when you look at the intersectionality of because, OK, say LeBron James, for example, yeah. who used his platform to talk about this specific thing. And this is why I love what we do here on this podcast because LeBron James uses his platform to talk about why H&M was wrong. Yeah. In the case of LeBron James, and I know that's a special case, there's only one LeBron James. Exactly. I get that and I understand that exactly. perspective. But at the end of the day, in the case of LeBron James, he puts it out there in the atmosphere. I guarantee you there's some racist people that follow LeBron James, but they just love basketball and probably wish they could do what he does. Or they just enjoy sport. I, just be, That can be the only commonality that they have with LeBron James is the game of basketball. Imagine so he this, can now though. reach these fans that love basketball that may still be a racist. Okay, let me blow your whole head with this one. Imagine if those people who love LeBron James only seen highlights of LeBron James and never saw the Black Lives Matter post that you're talking about. They might have saw it as a blip on a news or a most popular feed, but the second they went into it and found out what he was talking about, they tuned out or they didn't watch it. In this social media world, you have the power to listen to the clip if you want to. Yeah. So if they go, LeBron political, nah. LeBron Duncan, yeah. They can choose to stay in infancy. I get because that. Because you might expose me to it, but I create the option to watch it versus when we had only five channels on TV. Now, yeah. LeBron would have said that when there was only five channels, when it was ABC, CBS, NBC, right. Fox. If he would have said it then, when everybody was forced to, to be watching, then that's one thing. But here's the thing. Here's the thing with that. If LeBron doesn't say it, it never reaches your conscious that's that it's a thing. It may never get to you. LeBron may be the only link that you have 
to knowing and understanding racism. Even okay. if you decide to tune okay. out, okay. even if you even if you I decide to tune out, that. it might that. not be till 20, 30, 40 <laughs> years later that I you realize, that. damn, LeBron said that 30 years ago. I dig that. If right. you are fortunate right. enough to live to that standpoint. Yeah. So it's like the fact that LeBron says it, I'd rather him bring it to him. And even if it leaves, the fact that it came, it could come and go and come back again. There. What goes around comes around. It was there. It was there. Yeah. What goes around comes around. So since yes. it was there, it went around. Yes. It might not come back around for years, for decades, but for it, it might not ever come back around. Exactly. But it was there. I'd rather it, it be there to come back around than not be there at all to come back around. Yeah, so that's because now you can have hope for something if you've seen it. You can hope for a repeat versus never seeing it. At all. Exactly, exactly. Like but I, yeah, I can dig that. And lastly, I'm, I'm a Levar Ball guy on this podcast, and everybody knows okay. it. And I, I don't care. Okay. Uh, okay, I like to talk about him, and uh, you know, he's got a lot of. Interesting things going on. Obviously, you've got coaches now speaking out against the man, saying they don't really, they don't really want him or ESPN to be covering him. They're refusing to talk with ESPN. If Stan Van Gundy's of the world, they refuse to talk to ESPN. If they're going to continue to cover LeVar Ball, but then you got his kids who just went out there and played their first game in Lithuania. You got big baller brand logos all over the place in Lithuania, in Lithuania, but you also have him getting the F by the Better Business Bureau right here in America. Where are you at on this LeVar Ball thing? I just got to know where you're at on this thing right now. I am on the fence. And the, the reason fence. I'm on the fence is because he is doing what you said. I'm happy that it came around. I'm happy that we have a father that has control of his kid's future when it comes to the business aspect. Right. He doesn't have control athletically. He doesn't have control over their finances. Personally, at least I don't know that, but I feel like we have a father that's that trusts and empowers his kids so much that he believes that they can do whatever they want to do. Yeah. And I completely agree with the move to Lithuania because certain people don't need to go to college. Certain That's people facts. have a God-given <laughs> gift. Facts. And if I'm going to take this gift in this day and age, I want to use it as fast as I can yeah. to the best of my ability. Absolutely. And someone's going to pay me. Plus, I have a brother who's already in the NBA right now. Yeah. So it's not like I don't in the offseason have someone who I can soak up NBA knowledge from. Yeah. It's not like I don't have uh, access or an outlet to reach my dreams without going to a particular college or without going to through a particular thing that everyone else goes through. Most people don't take the same route. So I like what he's doing. I just don't like how he's doing it. And I think that that's the case with most people because he's talking in a sense out of turn. There are certain people that have put years into this game, into this marketing game, into this shoe game, yeah. into this money game. Diddy is one of those people where yeah. I can do shoes. Okay, I can't do shoes anymore. I'm not going to do shoes. You know what I mean? I can do suits. Okay, I can't do suits anymore. Then I'm not doing suits. He knows what he's going to do, and he's going to specialize in it. So if you can't specialize, don't take on the task. You're getting an F from the Better Business Bureau because you took on a task you didn't know how to do. And now you're trying to talk your way through it. Yeah. You cannot talk your way through business. You have to actually provide the product. As soon as the shoe came out, you heard most people saying, I never got my shoes. Yeah, everybody said. <laughs> I never got my shoes. What, why am I paying you and never getting my product? 
That's that why I never paid him in the first place. That's what I'm saying. I was, I, hey, I could support your message without put. I mean, and, and and usually, especially amongst like the African American community and amongst every kind of community, honestly, you want to try and let the dollar circulate. You, you exactly. It's it's the better investment is your monetary investment. Exactly. You know what I mean. So yes, in the case of Levar Ball, you had some people thinking that way, but that's not always true. He's one of these cases where it's not always true. You could support the message. And try to exactly dissect the message while he dissects the message as well, exactly. rather than say, you know what, I'm about to spend four hundred. I wasn't gonna spend four hundred ninety five dollars when I found out they was worth four hundred ninety five dollars in the first place. Exactly, just That's wasn't right. gonna do that. <laughs> I mean, That's I I think you know what I mean. You don't have to. You 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 can pick and choose. You still have the freedom exactly. to pick and choose how you want to support somebody. And although we love money as being the way, and it, it helps. There's no denying that it it can definitely be an element to build up a community. It's not the only way to support the message of LeVar Ball. So I support the message, but yeah. I don't necessarily agree with everything he says. I don't agree with everything anybody. There's not one person in this world that I 100% agree with, though. And we're coming from a place where you got somebody like Dame who says, I could put Boost in my shoe because the company that I'm with has Boost and it will raise my shoe significantly in price. So instead of doing that, Certain shoes aren't going to have boost in them. That way, everyone can afford them. Right. Or at least put them at a better price point. So now you take that and you double a Jordan. And then you go three, four times your your normal Nike or Adidas shoe. You're putting people in a position to feel like this is classist. Yeah. This is elitist. This right, is right, only right. for people who have money. For big ballers. This is only for the big, big. ballers. <laughs> right, like right, right. You once again have created that line that I was talking about where it's an invisible line. Yeah. Now we've created a divide in our community of either you got the big brawler brand shoes or you don't. Now it's not even if you got the shoes, it's if you got the order confirmation. Yeah, you really don't yeah. even have shoes. Yeah. But if you had $500 to spare, spare and send them, yeah. you can show me your order yeah. confirmation. You balling because you wasted $500. That he put people in positions to be balling by wasting $500. Yeah, that's To facts. me, that is not fair. It's not cool for the culture. I agree. I agree. It's not cool for our people. It's not cool for him. It's so many people that could have done with jobs. He yeah. could have made actual American jobs if he wanted to do something like that and said, you know what? I'm going to teach you guys how to make shoes. And then the shoes that. could be $500. I can respect that. If you say, man, I got my plant in, in Michigan somewhere and then I want to make my shoes 400 because I want to pay my workers through these shoes. So with every shoe, you're paying 100 workers. Now people can get behind you because you have an essence of what you're doing. Yeah. Not just saying, I'm going to pocket more money than what this shoe is worth. You can't even go into a business meeting and say, well, based on how much the shoe is, I'm going to charge a thousand percent markup. Even on paper, it looks crazy. Yeah, it does. You're right. You know, like right. it, it doesn't make sense. For sure. For sure. So before we get up out of here, I, uh, I always ask, you know, people who come on to this podcast because it's called Wake Up and Win. So I always ask people who come on here, I say, when you wake up, is there anything that you do? Is it a ritual? Is there a habit? Is there something that you do when you wake up that kind of jump springs you yes. into winning the day? Yes. I play music. I clap my hands really, really loudly, and I nod a lot. I really affirm my day. I, I yeah. really nod, and I say yes a lot. Every morning. So you talk to self. Yes, a lot. Yes, and yeah, I say for the sure. word yes. 
Yeah. Say the word yes to yourself. Don't deny yourself. Do not deny yourself. Right. Wake up, nod the word yes, and say the word yes as you clap your hands in victory every morning. If you do that every morning and play your favorite song, you will hear way more yeses than you will hear no's before you even left the house. I'm digging that, Chef Ken. I'm digging that right there. I'm digging that for sure, for sure. Well, uh, we appreciate you all for listening to today's episode, uh, for, for getting to hear some real game because he definitely spit some real game from the lifesaver to the right of me. <laughs> he, def- hey, hey, he definitely, yeah, he definitely spread some knowledge and we'll, we'll make this thing happen again. So be on the lookout for that, but go on ahead and promote yourself. You know what your business is, your social media is where they can find you. I know you real clean you, your Snapchat game is nice. Oh yeah. See, man, your Snapchat man. game is nice. Man. I got people hitting me now. Like, Hey, did you ever just cause they kind of know that I got a connection connection to you being out here in Portland yeah. and they back home in the Bay Area or they're elsewhere like yeah. hey that's Chef Kenny dude I just saw him on CJ McCullum socials or yeah. I just saw him somewhere else you know them was this is this fried chicken really that good oh, like yes. oh, yes. <laughs> is this fried? Oh, yes. I get that I let's, get that let's, let's clear that up right <laughs> now the fried chicken is that good yeah the waffles are that good it's, I've been asked I'm telling you is that. Chef Kenny's fried chicken really yeah. that good it's, so it's that good. yeah I'm, go I'm on ahead and, and I was a kid man so for me yeah so Social media, um, just follow me on Snapchat. That'd be the best place to find me because I'm doing cooking morning, noon, and night, and I'm very active on that because it's quicker. Just follow me at Chef Coat, C H E F C O A T. And um, after that, you can find me on Instagram at Johnny Chef Coat. That's Johnny J O H N N I E Chef Coat. And then you can find me at K James Cuisine on Facebook. But most of the time, I'm on Snapchat. And, and just whipping it, whipping it, work. Whipping it, man. In the kitchen, looking like a break, stir fry. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't see you get out. I just had some of your vegan soup, and I'm the farthest thing from vegan. But yeah, yeah. if that's how vegans eat, I'm I'm, I'm all the way in. Hey, man, <laughs> that's, that's really my goal. That's my goal is to really make people eat things that they've never eaten before. Yeah, and say, man, I've never had eggplant, but I love eggplant now. Right. Or I'm not a vegan, but I'll eat something vegan. You know, it's it's really about turning people on new things so uh, my goal is accomplished for the day that's what's up man well appreciate you for coming and chopping game with me here and uh you all know where to find us we on soundcloud we on itunes wake up and win with devon pouncey and i'll leave y'all the only way that i know how and that is to stay woke and go win <laughs> <laughs>